how do you trust God during grief? How do you stay strong in your faith when you're confused about what's just happened and you question why it happened? Today is the third and final episode in the series, and we're talking about fears, failures, and forks in the road. Grief can make you feel fearful of what's coming next, of your future, and it can make you feel like you are failing in everything, like how to feel less pain, completing daily tasks, and figuring out how to move forward. This episode will help you understand what is normal, it will equip you to feel stronger, and help change how you view yourself so that you can make good decisions as you encounter the forks in the road of grief. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. I'm Steph Cavanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. Right now you may be feeling like you're losing your mind. You might be surrounded by people, but feel all alone because not everyone understands the pain and sadness you're dealing with. You want to be the you you were before they died, but have no idea how to get there. I know because I've been there. So if you're ready to understand how grief affects you, rebuild your faith and take just one step towards healing, then get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, turn off all distractions and let's get started. Girl, there's hope for your future. A quick disclaimer. So this series of episode three, and there's going to be three, so 3.1, 3.2, and 3.3 are going to be a little bit different. The Grief to Great Day podcast is here to encourage and support Christian women who are working out the difficult season of grief. I'm here to love on and lift you up while providing practical steps to make the journey less hard. These steps are what we call journey works make a difference. I know because I've taken many wrong steps to discover what helps and what doesn't. The episodes are created to share the steps with you at no cost. And this is the ministry side of Grief to Great Day that fuels me. In this series, however, the focus is going to be on the story. I want to get to know you better. And I've said that several times. So I feel that I should also share some of my background to kind of start the conversation. There's still tips at the end and things I'd like for you to kind of step into, but for these, just take a little break, sit back, and listen. Hey friends, I want to start with a review from iTunes or Apple Podcast. You know when I read these, it lets me know that you're listening and that the podcast is helping you in some way. So I really appreciate you taking your time, especially now as you're going through grief, to write one. All right, today's review. I love her calm and soothing voice while speaking of such a touchy yet necessary topic. Thank you for the mission that you are on to help bring healing to many people through loss. Definitely recommend this podcast. That is like the best for me because it means it's helping. And that's what I'm truly here for. Alrighty, today we're wrapping up our series entitled How do I trust God during grief? Finding hope using the Bible. In the first episode, 3.1, we talked about Monica's faith journey while she was dying from cancer and how God prepared her while she was creating her music CD. In the second episode, 3.2, we talked about 
going after God. That was a chapter in the book, Dying to be Healed. And the importance of your relationship with him during this time. Your journey works included creating a faith resume. And I know I said you could just sit back and listen. So I won't add anything else for you to do this time. But I do encourage you to, you've heard it before, pray, read, and rise. And do start on that faith resume. Okay, let's jump into the episode with fears, failures, and forks in the road. Starting with fears. When did you first realize that you aren't in control? My friend Trish asked me that right after Monica died, and I didn't appreciate it. I had always been a perfectionist, a little bit OCD, and in control of what I thought was most everything. But Monica's illness and her death showed me otherwise. It should have been a relief that I didn't have to control everything, but it wasn't. To me, it created a lot of fear about what was coming next. For you, it could be fear of moving on, fear of wanting to move on, fear of feeling like you're leaving your loved one behind, fear of navigating the changes from the loss, including financial, relational, and the list goes on. You will feel fear a lot. C.S. Lewis said, I never knew grief felt so like fear. The fear you feel is normal during grief. I want that to sink in. You have just gone through so much. So again, fear is normal during grief. It will change over time, but for now, you have to keep breathing, keep walking, keep getting out of bed, and face the decisions that you'd rather avoid. Failures. Now, this might be more of a perception issue. Be careful with how you talk about yourself because especially during grief, the negative can be amplified so easily. When you struggle with the smallest of things in your daily life, like getting out of bed, taking a shower, eating properly, it'll make you feel like a failure. And to make you feel a little bit better, I'm going to share my grocery store failure with you. Back in the day, Monica and I were seen as health nuts. We only ate plant-based foods. We drank green smoothies and wheatgrass and ate no junk. And that was because of her first diagnosis. But after Monica died, I hardly cared about eating well. And I quickly went back to pizza and chocolate. And well, you get it. From the beginning of my loss, I experienced what I call minefields. A minefield is when something out of the blue triggers your grief, like back to day one. And that feels like a failure. When this happens, you're usually somewhere in public, which makes it even worse. One of my minefields happened in the grocery store. So after her death, my grocery shopping had kind of turned into a run in, grab a few items and get out just to make sure I wouldn't lose it emotionally. And after a couple months, I thought about actually using a grocery cart. To me, that meant I was committed to a normal shopping experience. It was a pretty good morning, so I went to the store, grabbed the cart, and started shopping. Well, after my cart was as full as I had seen it in a long time, I got to the frozen food section, and I saw the frozen fruits. You know, the ones we use to buy for our smoothies. That's all it took. 
I couldn't breathe. My heart was pounding and it didn't matter how many times I told myself to hold it together. The tears started pouring. I was frozen for what felt like 10 minutes, but then I bolted. Yep. Left the full cart right there, which I never would have done. And I quickly ran to my car, hand over mouth to hide the ugly cry. I felt like everyone had seen the epic fail. How could I think I was ready? How could I not be able to do this? And when will this ever end? These and many other negative thoughts raced in my head for days. And no, I never went back to that store again because I was too embarrassed and I feared another failure. Forks in the road. You know, if walking through grief isn't the biggest fork in the road of your life, I don't know what is. And here comes a tough love alert. In this next section, I'm talking about forks in the road, a.k.a. decisions. Decisions aren't easy to make in general, but when you have grief thrown in the mix, it can be absolutely overwhelming. I'm going to talk about two kinds of decisions today, and one of them may be hard to hear. In fact, you might not be ready to hear it, and that's all right. So how do you know if you're not ready to hear it? Well, your reaction to hearing it is going to tell you. If you listen and there's no emotional reaction, then you're ready. But if you find yourself getting upset or angry or irritated by what I'm saying, then it might not be the time for you to make such a decision. And that's okay. Come back to this episode when you're further along. It's a process. Remember, things don't happen overnight. So the big Two decisions I'm going to talk about are the big decisions and the decision. And you'll see the difference. So your big decisions are things like moving, selling a house, and any financial decision over $1,000. That should be put on hold for right now. You are not yourself and your grief, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, needs to be worked through before you make decisions that the you a year from now would probably not make. And if anyone's trying to pressure you to do anything large, please talk with a trusted friend or a mentor to make sure it's in your best interest. I know sometimes children want a parent to move in with them after the loss of a spouse, and that might be in your best interest. But if someone's trying to get you to invest or sell your house, please add someone else to those discussions. Okay, those were big decisions. And now I'm going to talk about the decision. And I'm going to pull the band-aid off here. And remember, I said you might not be ready to hear this, but at some point, you have to decide that you're going to rebuild your life. What this means is that you've come to an acknowledgement that life will never be the same, but that God still has plans for you and you will do what you need to keep moving forward. If you're thinking, well, duh, yeah, then good. You're further along in the process. If you know what I said is true, but are a little frustrated because you don't know how to do that or how to do it faster, you too are further along. In both cases, thank God for how far you've come. And you can add that to your faith resume from episode 3.2 and keep doing what you're doing every day. Keep getting up and going about your daily life. Keep seeking God and start thinking about your dreams and passions. You may think those dreams are gone because the one you loved is gone, 
but God made each of us with our own purpose. Now, you don't have to figure out the next five years. How about just the next five minutes or five days? Think about what you love doing. What are your passions? Do you believe that there's a calling on your life? And what is the thing that's been in your heart? What fuels you? Or do you feel that your calling died when your loved one did? It didn't. I promise. And that is a truth that can sometimes sting. God put something in your heart. You have a comeback story waiting to be told. You really do. And if that just resonated with you even just a little bit, then allow God to grow the seed, however small. Now, if the statement of deciding to rebuild your life made you angry or feel a certain way, or you're thinking, Steph, you have no idea what I'm going through. I'm just trying to make it through the day. I get it. I lived most of the first two years in a daze. I functioned, but I worked hard to function. It was the most difficult two years of my life, but it was probably the most important two years as I was building a foundation of faith and a closer walk with God. Those two years changed who I became, and I'm so thankful for the results. Oh, and look, don't let me scare you into thinking it might take you two years to come to the place of saying, you know what? still hurting and still confused, but I'm still here. So there has to be a reason for it. All right, God, use me in whatever way you will. I was just a thinker and an overthinker and a why person. So it might not take you two years. When Monica was sick and her cousin came over to give me a break, she said, go do something you like doing. And I looked at her blankly because I didn't know what I would like to do, and that was weird. My purpose was wrapped up in Monica's music ministry, and because it was ministry, and I saw how people were being affected, I didn't seek out anything to call my own. My life had been such a soap opera before, and and being the business person of the ministry, I was a part of something bigger than me. But after she died, my passion for health felt meaningless. Who cared if I or anyone else was healthy? Life is clarified by affliction, remember? I did not ask for or really want to have a heart for grief support, but God. Now I can't imagine life without doing it. When I work on the support program or the podcast, it's really not work. It's a blessing. I guess the point here is that I don't want you to limit the God who created the universe by your current emotional state. Don't get stuck in, it'll never change, it'll never get better, because I'm living proof that yes, it will change, and yes, it will get better. You, my friend, are an overcomer. I'll say it again. You are an overcomer. Now, it may not feel like it right now, but it's the truth. And the way to get there is to make the best decision you can when you reach each fork in the road. Here are some other examples of forks in the road. Getting out of bed every day. Feeling the fear and still doing the thing. Talking to yourself different. You're not a failure. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are a son or a daughter of the God of the universe. Take your mustard seed of faith and seek God. 
Do any of those things today and you are making a great decision and taking another step in your healing. I'd really love to hear from you. So please email me at grief, the number two, great day at gmail.com and let me know how you're doing today. If you have a minefield story that you were willing to share that I can share on the podcast, please email me that. We're really here to help each other and sharing these experiences helps. Also, let me know how I can pray for you. And if there's a topic or a question you would like addressed on the podcast, I'm going to leave today with the song, the verse of the day, and the quote. I'll start with the quote. All of God's people are ordinary people who have been made extraordinary by the purpose he has given them. It's Oswald Chambers. For your song, you know, I share a song on most of the episodes to help get your mind and spirit on what we're talking about in that particular episode. If you're like me, then you love music and some songs really touch your heart and point you towards God. It's going to help make it easier for you to take the next step. And it also gives you a chance to worship God. Today's song is Carry On by Taryn Wells. I've left the link in the show notes below. He talks about no wound is deeper and God's healing, and that even when I'm afraid, I will trust. And lastly, the verse of the day, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So today, run your race with endurance, look to Jesus, because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Thank you for being here today for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.